Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhythm. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Welcome, 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 as well as El Senor Rodnan, AVQ. Come on in. Welcome aboard. Rodnan says, Berto, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? Woo, that took some energy, but I'm feeling great. As our good N2247 normally says, I feel every day I feel a little bit better. And as far as the as Bridge asking about the rest of the family, everybody is on the up. They're coming up slowly. Ashley's still coughing. Fever gone. No more body aches. Same with Linda. So it's it, it's all getting better. I tell you what, folks, get all four of those. That the two vaccinations and the two boosters, very important because it lets you weather the storm. The real bad day is just one really, really bad day, I guess, when it's trying to get up to speed with Omicron because, you know, the vac- Omicron can get around the vaccine. So that's the whole deal. That's the whole deal. That's the whole deal. I do as well, but you are lightning. You gay. Hey, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But let me tell you something, young lady. Let me tell you something, young lady. We got to keep on pushing. We got to keep on pushing. Anyhow, Rudnan says, The Guardian, John Bolton says he helped plan the coup d'etat in other countries. Former National Security Advisor Donald Trump says U.S. Capitol attack was not a coup because it was not carefully planned. John Bolton, while nothing Donald Trump did is in connection with the, it's about election fraud, none of it is defensible. It is also a mistake for some people have said, including on the committee, the commentators, that somehow this was a carefully planned coup d'etat to the Constitution. That's not the Donald Trump does things. It's rambling from one half-fast idea to another. It doesn't matter if it's a poorly executed coup. Uh, and, and I'm glad when he was interviewed, that's exactly what um, the guy from uh, State of the Union said. It was a coup. It was an attempted coup. That he didn't plan it out as nicely as the guys in Venezuela did. Well, they both shared the same consequences. They both failed. And by the way, I have a, uh, an interview. Uh, first of all, I, I, and thank you for bringing that up, Michael Rudnin. Let me finish your stuff. It says, as somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, that's what he said, uh, uh, but, but you know, other places, it takes a lot of work. And Trump did. It was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the riders at the Capitol. As that, there's no doubt. So yeah, we probably knew the U.S. engaged in a hostile foreign policy. Yes, we did. And I... And let me tell you, I was a part of it, you know, during when when Trump tried to overthrow Maduro, I was speaking to the uh, ambassador of Colombia and I have the interview. In fact, I'm going to show that today, the bits and pieces of it, because when I saw that Bolton admitted the ambassador lied to me because I challenged him on whether we had an American. Abrams was the guy who was working with the uh, the, the Lima, the Cartel de Lima, but anyhow, Grupo de Lima. Anyhow, second item, The Guardian, as drought shrivels Lake Powell, that was a shame to see on TV. Millions face power crisis with water levels falling lower than thought possible in Glen Canyon. Energy production could halt as soon as next year. Dwindling water levels at Lake Powell, which is now 28% of its 24-meter uh, acre feet capacity, have put the Glen Canyon Dam at risk in March water levels uh, fell below 3,525 feet, considered a critical buffer to protect hydropower. For the first time, if the lake drops another 32 feet, the dam will no longer be able to generate power for the millions who rely on it. Such a calamity might not be too far off. The Bureau of Reclamation, the U.S. Federal Agency, uh, manages the Colorado River infrastructure forecast that even with significant proposed cuts to water allowances, a 23% chance power production could halt at the dam in 2024 due to low water levels, and that is within the realm of possibility that it will happen as soon as July 2023. Without those significant proposed cuts, the water allowances power will not. Let me tell you something. Look, these are the things we're talking about, right? We need to have major government involvement right now. 
because you're not going to get the private sector that's going to be trying to put power online because they're going to do all kinds of feasibility studies to show, oh, we can't make a profit from this. And then eventually it's going to fall on the government or what they're going to do is start rationing electricity around the country. The price of electricity is going to zoom up. And as the price of electricity zoom up, we all pay to make the few people who control all the energy sector rich. We're going to go into that a little bit. Maybe not today, maybe later, but we'll see. CBS News, newly released video from the school shooting. Texas shows the gunman entering Robb Elementary School and how police responded to the massacre. I did a video today on that. I'm going to, uh, uh, guys, read what AVQ did. I'm not going to read that one AVQ because we got a long show. Let me uh, tell, salute everybody, and then I'm going to play the video, and then we'll come back. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard. Macaroni says, Lake Powell, without those significant proposed cuts to water allowances, power will be cut off next year. They're trying to delay the inevitable, as tens of millions of Americans might have to move uh, in the next couple of years. Climate change is where the desertification of the American Southwest begins. Oh, boy. Rudnan, good, good sentiment. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Uh, Yvette Avery Herod, buenas tardes, corazón. Uh, May Wood is in the house. I'm feeling a lot better, May Wood. Thank you so kindly for asking. I love my peeps. My peeps ask, hey, are you doing fine? Are you doing fine? Uh, Michael Ren said, Egberto, no problem. You're already ready to cover it. All right, let's go ahead now and cover the, the first item that Michael spoke about. I tell you, good minds think alike, and it has to do with Venezuela. I want you to listen to this because I interviewed the Colombian uh, uh, ambassador, and he lied to me. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. As I'm perusing the internet, as I'm perusing, I noticed that it turns out Bolton, in talking about President, President Trump's attempted coup, he wants to soften it. So all and during his interview with Jake Tapper, he's saying things like, no, I, I, don't overreact to what Donald Trump did. Let's remember, quite a few people died as these assassins, as these insurrectionists, as the attempted coups tried to overthrow the government, right? Many of them, we had five or more people die. But what he's attempting to do is make sure it is not equated to a coup. He doesn't want us to think of Donald Trump effecting a coup. So in order to absolve Donald uh, Trump of a coup and just let it seem like Donald Q is just doing a little bad thing here or there, he takes responsibility and he says, look, I have attempted to effect coups in not in America, but in other countries. And when it's asked, other countries? What, what are you talking about? Oh, well, you know, we attempted a coup in Venezuela, but it wasn't very successful. I want you to listen to this. And then I want to, after you listen to this, I'm going to play an interview that I did with the Colombian ambassador during those same times where I asked the ambassador if he was working with the United States in El Grupo de Lima, that was a group of Latin American countries trying to take care of the Venezuelan problem. And he denied to me, the Colombian ambassador, oh, America has nothing to do with, with it. Of course, I asked him about a particular American degenerate foreign policy guy. And it turns out, well, let's go ahead and listen to Bolton first. Confess up, confess to having attempted a coup. And then we'll take it on the other side. Because the way these, these nasty folks work, it's amazing. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. This is not a new phenomenon, but the president would go to experts, even people who are loyal to him, like Pat Cipollone. If you're the White House counsel in November 2020, you have been loyal to Donald Trump. Uh, get advice, not listen to the advice, not heed to the advice, and keep shopping around until you end up with this group of misfits with uh, like Michael Flynn and Sidney Powell, um, is he just not capable of, of hearing no? Well, when it comes to advantage, the answer is he doesn't listen to anybody else. But I think this it's also important to understand, while nothing Donald Trump did after the election uh, in connection with uh, the lie about the election fraud, none of it is defensible. None of it is defensible. 
Uh, it's also a mistake, as some people have said, including on the committee, the commentators, that somehow this was a carefully planned coup d'etat aimed at the Constitution. To be uh, fair, with all due respect, uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did. It was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. As to that, there's no doubt. You cited your expertise having planned coups. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but uh, successful coups. Well, I wrote about Venezuela in uh, in the book and uh, it, it turned out not to be successful. Not that we had all that much to do with it, but I saw what it took for an opposition to try and overturn an illegally elected president. And they failed. The notion that Donald Trump was half as competent as the Venezuelan opposition is laughable. Trump, that Donald Trump was half as competent as the Venezuelans. He says it's laughable. But I tell you what, um, you know, I, I interviewed the Colombian ambassador a few Years ago, during that time, during when Donald Trump was president, and we knew that the Americans were trying then to do something to overthrow the Venezuelan government. We knew it. It was there was no doubt in my mind. So I interviewed. Uh, of course, I had to be. This was the ambassador to, uh, from, from Colombia to the United States. So of course, I had to be a bit differential. But I want you to listen to this interview. And then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side, because uh, this guy, for all practical purposes, he lied to me because he knew. Check it out and we'll take it on the other side. I will attest to that. Yes, I'm um, given that I'm originally from Central America as well, Panama. Uh, I think we kind of share that same history. And by the way, I, I, I could also be considered an honorary Colombian because Panama was once the province sir, of Colombia. Yes, sir. Uh, Roosevelt took that away from us. <laughs> oh, well, I, did, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring that up about the gun code on, 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 on the, uh, in front of Colón or not, but I guess since you brought it hey, up. <laughs> but anyway. It was called gunboat diplomacy for something. It was called gunboat diplomacy for a, a reason. Anyway, we got the uh, we got the canal and you got an ally. But anyhow, God. we got great friends and we have a yes. great relation with Panama. Absolutely. So, okay, let's move this on a bit to Venezuela. I don't know where you're going to stand on Venezuela, but I definitely have some issues that I'd like to discuss with you on, on that particularly. First of all, express to me in your own words how you see the Venezuelan situation, not necessarily concentrating on Maduro, but Venezuela as a country. The biggest humanitarian crisis in the world, right? now, the biggest refugee crisis in the world right now, mm -hmm. the biggest tragedy, economic tragedy probably in the world mm -hmm. other than North Korea, with continental dimension. For all of you uh, USA and uh, listeners of this program, you have your backyard on fire. This is probably the biggest crisis that US, uh, the, the continent has had in its history, humanitarian crisis, and I think uh, what we are working together, the, the, the countries from the Grupo de which is a Latin American country that right. got together to solve this problem. Right. And with the U.S., it's a task at hand that needs to be performed because otherwise the U.S., Colombia, and the region can have a crisis like Somalia. Maybe the point of compromise is not requiring Maduro to step down, but requiring organized elections that are, that are actually skewed up. Yes. But right now, what we have as a as a concern is uh, Donald Trump has just submitted a budget where he's had asking for a half a billion dollars to support democracy at whatever cost in Venezuela. No, no. And that is, that would be a concern if you were the president of Venezuela or the president of Colombia. If you heard that there is a superpower putting that kind of money behind uh, having some effect in your country, I think that would create some issues, right? If I were Maduro would be very weird yeah. uh, in Ireland because of that because he destroyed his country because he uh, is politically surrounded and because the only way he can stay in power is with the Cuban thugs that he has around him mm -hmm. so so yes that for other reasons and what we are doing as Colombians and as Latin Americans for the first time in history is starting the, our diplomacy 
to create a new scenario for Venezuela. Remember, the Grupo de Lima, the U.S. is not part of the Grupo de Lima. And it was the Grupo de Lima that recognized the Assembly as the only democratic institution left in Venezuela. It was the Grupo de Lima that created the scenario of putting an alternative. Uh, and that's the Latin American countries deciding the future of a country and helping decide the future of a country without the U.S. interference. One so, question. I don't remember his name right now. The envoy that Donald Trump has assigned to uh, Latin America who was once country. Andrew Tabrams. Abrams. Has he met with anybody from the group of the Lima? Yes, he has met with all of us. I met him, uh, I met him uh, okay. uh, last week. And that is my concern. What? In as much as the group of the Lima is all, todos somos Latinoamericanos, all Latin Americans, that they would meet, I think, is, is a bit problematic. Working with the U.S.'s partners to get this problem solved, solved diplomatically, hopefully solved peacefully, and hopefully to make Venezuela return to a democratic scenario. I don't think you have seen that happening in Latin America ever. Before, it used to be a coup d'etat. Sometimes from the left, they say, oh, the American invasion. Really? The only country that's right now being invaded is Venezuela by the more than 20,000 Cubans that they have there. Why the only the 20,000 Cubans? There are between and, and, doctors, and, uh, between doctors and, and military personnel. You see how that becomes a problem when you say there are doctors that are Cuban and that's no, no. really the 20,000, right? Oh, yeah. No, 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 because, yeah. because they indoctrinate, mm -hmm. uh, because they create, so it's, 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 it's a, well, it's a civilian military invasion, but the invasion of the military is absolutely real. We are trying to get Venezuela back on track in a democratic scenario. That's what we're trying. We're trying to do it peacefully through a, through a diplomatic blockade and with economic sanctions from the Latin American countries and from the U.S. too, and we hope we'll be successful. I am so happy that you did this interview, but I mean, uh, uh, would, would you say, and I, I think we can all conclude that what we really are saying here is we would love to have most, if not all, countries, Latin America and beyond, be capitalist democracies. Is that correct? Democracies. Capitalist. Real democracies. Democracies. Whatever model of economic decision making they decide, well, that's, that's, that's for the people to decide. Mm -hmm. If they decide and for me decide and, and, and they, they, they want to go this way or the other, that's the decision. Right. That's the decision. That's the decision that they have to take. The problem is when you take that decision away from the hands of the citizens. That's what's happened in Venezuela. That's what is happening uh, in uh, in Nicaragua. Uh, and, and, and those type of decisions, when the powerful government or a, or a president or a head of state takes away the independence of powers, you create that type of uh, supposedly democratic country, but it's just a facade. Ambassador Francisco Santos, I hope I get a chance to talk to you, maybe, who knows, in a, in a different position later on in life. And I hope that uh, as, as a member of the Grupo de Lima, as you go back, uh, you remember those words. A democracy with whatever economic system they decide that they want to have to ensure that everybody in that country has equal access to success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I thank you. It's a pleasure speaking have to you. A, you have a good day. So that, that interview of, uh, was a few. Now, like I said, Bolton today admits that during that time that I was interviewing the ambassador to Colombia who had formed together these Latin American countries, a group called El Grupo de Lima, that it was supposedly the entire only run by Latin American countries so that nobody would make the mistake and believe that it was influenced by America wanting to overthrow Maduro, you know, the, the successor to Chavez. And by the way, I'm not a Maduro fan. I was a Chavez fan because of uh, his policies and the success uh, thereof before it was sabotaged by the plutocracy in Venezuela by creating false shortages, etc. But that's, a not, that's for another time. But during that interview, I, I did several things. I asked him uh, if he was, if it shouldn't be concerning that the United States budgeted half a billion dollars for creating democracy in Venezuela and the support of Guaido. That was numero uno. Numero dos, I also asked him, hey, uh, 
Don't you th- aren't aren't what you're saying? America is really attempting to do is to create capitalist democracies, and if anybody deviates from capitalist democracy, it is a problem. Oh no, he says. Oh no, we just want we just want democracies, but whatever economic system they want in that democracy should be okay. Here's the kicker. That's not true. Name all the countries that he has a problem with Nicaragua, which we malign because it's a leftist government. Uh, Venezuela, which we malign because it's a uh, leftist government. Likely it's going to be also Chile. All these people have have just elected leftist government. When Brazil re-elects Lula, or not re-elects, but put Lula back into power, I imagine it's going to be Oh, we don't like Lula either. All these guys that are saying we are not going to allow an economic system that pilfers, right? Like I said, in the, for those of you who are just coming in now, earlier I mentioned that Venezuela is the richest, one of the richest countries in the world. When you count its natural resources and divide it by the number of people living in the country. It's one of the richest countries in the world. The only thing that is holding back Venezuela right or all the external powers and the corruption i'm not going to i'm not going to give maduro a break okay uh but what's holding them back is the fight between the capitalists and the democratic socialists and the people that are left holding the bag as always are the people the thing is when Chavez started his uh, revolution, uh, uh, revolution, what is it called? Boliviano. He started create. He, he started talking because, again, like I said, Venezuela is one of the richest countries on on, on in the area, right? Given its natural resources. And he was going to mon- he was going to monetize his resources in such a manner that his country would have been so rich, right, that they could create their bank. They were trying to create the the national the, the uh, United States of South South America and all that kind of stuff. That's a threat to the Western countries that that consider all those guys third world. They were not going to be allowed to leave the particular structure that we that we that we know here which is pilfering i mean even here in america we just pilfer our own a little bit better because we're richer we took advantage of a sect of people to let them work very hard to build up this country so that another sect can have i mean if you understand the concepts of how wealth is created in this capitalist system you will have to say Oh, Egberto, I understand. Every time you talk about uh, antiseptic slavery, what you're talking about. But that ambassador lied to me when he said America had nothing to do with the attempted overthrow of of Maduro. We know that they attempted to overthrow Chavez two different times. We know that. We absolutely know that they attempted to overthrow Chavez twice. Even though under Chavez... Poverty sunk, but again, the plutocracy in that country would not allow, you know, the, 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 I, like, I like the joke, right? Because even good progressive, good progressive Americans right here, whenever I talk about Venezuela, they get irate because they're, they have been taught so badly. Look at how badly Venezuela is. Look at what it's doing to its people. Look at all its people that are migrated to Colombia or coming to the United States. You talk to those Colum- those, those Venezuelans who migrated here, they'll, they'll talk just like my progressive Americans who hate uh, what the government is doing because it was all a manufactured disaster. And nobody wants a disaster. Nobody wants a disaster, but you ask yourself the question that I even asked the question here in America. To whom does the resources belong? In America, we are rich enough that even as a multi-billionaires who are, uh, Americans don't understand what wealth looks like, right? They don't understand how rich, how rich the rich is 
in this country, right? Because we're doing fairly well. Even the, the ones that are not doing very well to us, it looks like good money, not understanding the, the actual wealth of the people here. Now, when you are at a different scale, like you're in Venezuela or Nicaragua or these other places, you can actually see, you know, the Delta is a lot less. So poverty looks real bad. But it is no different. We don't control the natural resources on our federal lands. The mining companies do, and then their profits don't go to the average American citizen. They doesn't even go to pay a hell of a lot of taxes on it. So they're digging up the land. They're polluting the land. They're doing all these things with the land. And just a few people profit from it. And then later on, they always talk about, oh, how are we going to pay for it? People, we have to be very cognizant of how things work. So, I mean, I, this went from, from, uh, <laughs> from Bolton talking about admitting, fessing up to the coup, uh, attempted coup in Venezuela to me representing an interview that I did with the ambassador Santos from Colombia a few, uh, year, couple of years ago, uh, when they were attempting to overthrow the government with El Grupo de Lima tool now trying to express it in a form that all of us understand, even here in America. And you know, we're getting there. Our, the, the pilfer is getting so bad in America now because, you know, there's never enough for that capitalist class. There is never enough. When they talk about growth, 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 they want to grow at 10%, 15%, 20% every year. Not, not admitting to you that you cannot grow at that rate, that few of you that grow at that rate, that is taken away from everybody else. And if you're growing at that rate, everybody else is growing at a lower rate. And those disparities eventually create friction. And those frictions are manifested in sort of what we saw here. So those of you who listen to politics done right, know one thing. I make sure to involve all sides because the reality is we are all on the same side. They'd like you to believe that all those insurrectionists are bad folks, right? And the good ones knew not to create an insurrection. But I have one caveat for you guys. Don't make the insurrectionists your enemies. They were snowed. You listen to that. You listen to what we heard today in the January 6th hearings. What you heard was that poor, scared man who invaded the Capitol as well. But he just thought he was doing what he needed to do. All, all the prejudices and everything that they taught this guy, it all emerged and he, and he became an insurrectionist. And then those of us who knew better, we are ready to attack that insurrectionist, that lowly guy. All of those four or five or 800 people that are going to go to jail because they were insurrectionists. I don't want, I don't hate those guys. They are not the enemy. The enemy is the system. The enemy is the system that put the hate in people's heart. The enemy is the system that ensures, that ensures they hate you, you hate them and the other hate the other. Because that's the only way a system that supports the wealthy and rich supports a few. The only way we can stand for that is if we hate each other and fight among each other. If I could get that inculcated into people's minds, we would get together. You know my phrase, we'll unite Appalachia, the ghettos and the barrios. It's a stereotype, but you get what I mean. All the same problems. In different hues. All the same problems in different hues. That need solving. But we can't solve them. Because those few on the top that controls our media. Those few on the top that controls just about every part of our life. We have them keeping us fighting each other. Instead of fighting whom needs to be fought. Which is just a small. A small segment of society. So, folks, let's let's realize uh, realize that that attack or that attempted coup that failed on Venezuela 
is an attempted coup that continues over and over and over again. And it's, it, while it's an attempted coup in Venezuela, it's a continuum. It's a coup of continuity of the pilfer of Americans right here in the United States. Let's, so let's remember that. If you like what you're seeing, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, if, you're on, if you are on YouTube, I ask you so kindly, give me a thumbs up. If you are on, on, uh, on Facebook, give me a like. If you're on Twitch, do what you can. If you are on Twitter, please remember to just go ahead and follow Egberto Willies on Twitter. That again is Egberto Willies on Twitter. Please tune in every day. Every day at 3 p.m. Central is the official Politics Done Right show. Every day at 3 p.m. Central, you get the full Politics Done Right show. Please don't forget to set your timers because we're going to have this on the show tomorrow and many other things. And if drop me a line, let me know uh, if there are any questions you want me to answer, ask or whatever. We'll talk about it. But give me that thumbs up. Give me that like. Make sure that this algorithm continue to move. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the Internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure again that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics done. All right, folks, and please don't forget to support our, our GoFundMe for the trip to Pittsburgh to Netroots Nation, where we meet with over 3,000 progressive activists, media folks, politicians, you name it. We are out there discussing policy, discussing how we're going to get things done. Also, that you can get that at politicsdoneright.com slash netroots, politicsdoneright.com slash netroots. I see Brother Daniel Ledo is in the house. And by the way, he brings up some very important issues today that I want to address. But before I go to Daniel with some of the issues that he has, let me check some other folks here to make sure that I'm not missing some of my peeps as well. Uh, Carl Cox has fuel cells and solar panels for all America, including Texas. That's a good start. We need that. Uh, but he says the wind may be blowing in Texas, but there may not be blowing in Texas. But there's a whole lot of blowhards, and I so agree. And uh, Michael Rudman wants me to cover another time for real when we discuss how we have these countries that are rich in resources, but ultimately poor. We're going to definitely have shows on that, my friend. We also have, let's see what else we got here from people speaking. Conservative Americans from Carl Cox. Conservative Americans don't believe in democracy, including in America. They only want dictators who are loyal to America, mega rich, mega corporations. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of these people that believe that is because you first, you know what I used to say about preachers? When you go to a church, the very, let me see how much time I got because I don't want to overdo my time. I think I got some time here. I want to tell a quick story. 
here's the deal with churches, and I'm not talking about all of them. My 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 wife is in a church run by a pastor that I love. This guy is really doing things within the community. So I always say he's one guy that earns his keep. Even though I am not, I'm a humanist. I don't believe in the, the, the religious thing. I love this guy because of what he does. But here's the deal. Um, most of these preachers, you go to a church, they don't talk about money or whatever. They talk about your soul. They talk about getting you to love them. They talk about getting you to love that entire environment, that nurturing environment. And the reason they do that is because of something that I've always said. I, I don't need to ask for your money if I can have your mind. If I can have your mind, everything that you own is mine. If I can own your mind. Everything that you own is mine. So I am against anybody, anybody owning anybody's mind. But what we have in, in, in a lot of the evangelical, um, evangelical cultures, in, in what we have in also the cultures that, uh, you know, that, that follow the MAGA-type movement cult cultures, people that attract themselves to celebrities and all of that, these people's minds are easily manipulated. So we have a lot of folks, and by the way, this happened on the progressive side as well. I'm not going to isolate progressives from that, but I mean, if you are being indoctrinated on something that's good for you, it's okay, right? But if you are being indoctrinated into something that materially affects you, let me give an example. I want us to teach civics in school. Civics in school is sort of an indoctrination. It's, a, it's teaching an American culture. And what is the American culture? You get educated, you go to work, and after you go to work, you, uh, you all suppose, and this is a theoretical thing, you all then have equal access to success. I mean, that's a culture, right? You could be in a culture where you have a monarchy that you have absolutely no option to succeed because you are born into a tier and you stay into that tier. That's a culture. And that's a system as well. Well, we want to be an egalitarian society in which everybody has equal access to success, not equal outcomes, but equal access to success. So we've preached that in civics to teach that as the American culture, even though we are not living that as the American culture, because if we look at how it started, America started not as equal access to success, but as a very few building their wealth on the backs of everybody else. That's the a, that's a birth of America. Now, over time, we have used the ballot box and the judging and, and even the words of the Constitution that was able to change. We use that to make it more and more a more egalitarian society. We are nowhere close there yet, but we made that attempt, right? And we're still attempting. But the Powell Manifesto came about when corporations realized we can't be talking about an egalitarian society. Because that means that those of us who profit on the backs of everybody else will actually have to really do some work, right? So Jeff Bezos is actually going to have to do some work because he definitely as hell isn't uh, worthy of the billion dollars he has. That is a fraction of all the work all of you have done. Now, so therefore, what we are, what we are all about is trying to talk to those who are willing to have their minds unindoctrinated so that they can really attain what they really want to attain for themselves and also assert their worth. Nobody can stop you from being who you want to be and who you are willing to work for being. Okay, end of speech. All right, let's see what else we got here. Only mega rich uh, corporate. I got read that already. Uh, right on. Thank you for the great show. Trump helped Russia set up the Ukraine war. Even the Iran deal affects it today. I mean, it's amazing the damage that Trump has done. I had a, 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 a extended son of mine that was talking about uh, actually voting for Trump because things are he thinks things are so bad because of this 9.1% inflation, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Um, okay. I'm draining my hot water tank so my pipes uh, won't make noise. You don't. Uh, you do this to extend the life of your hot water tank. Do this once a year. I just learned something, Brother Fleming. Didn't know that. All right, continuing. We got Eric Hayes. That's a conversation. Ruth says, tank tops look great in the store. Very cool. 
I could probably pull that off. You go, you go, Rouge. Buy some stuff for your wife. Buy some stuff for your kids as well. That helps out politics done right. And you look good wearing politics done right. And we have a cap now. I, don't, I just did the embroidery for the cap yesterday with the politics done right insignia on the top. It's a black cap. Um, I just saw it in one of the stores. It should be populating in the stores pretty soon. So we have a black cap as well now through the Teesprings uh, thing, you know. Michael Rudnan says, Daniel Ado, the problem with calling your opposition as having an insane ideology is that you don't understand your opposition ideology, only the caricature of that ideology. Exactly. You know, in other, look, I want to show you something that um, Ledo said that I want to touch on because I see if Ledo listens to the right, it makes sense what he says, right? Um, and and I, I really I saw it and I really wanted to do it because I don't I don't think he was um I think Ledo was being honest when he said it. Okay, let me first start with what he said. Nine point one percent inflation, Egberto. Tell us how it is all because of price and power. I'll repeat again. That is actually because of price and power. Let's stop here. Let me explain. This is very important for you to understand. Everybody, listen. Please, now, and in this segment, I may actually try to talk it in a manner that we can cut it out. It goes this way. 9.1% inflation is a fraud on America because Americans have dollars in their pockets. The corporate structure has seen it fit to say, since they have money, we will increase prices because they won't cut their spending to cause us pain, but we will get more money from raising prices simply because they want it, so they will pay the extra price for it. And that's inflation. That's all inflation is, right? We could do several things. We could use a, a supply and demand model that says the following. If I have 100 things that I want to sell, and there are 50 people that want to buy it, but if I cut the price, there may be 75 people that say, okay, now I'm willing to spend that money, right? You, you, that is where you get the supply and demand model. Or if there are 100 people wanting to buy something and there are only 50 available, I increase the price and, I'll, and some people who say, ah, I'm not going to spend any money, that, that causes a price drop. It causes a price in, in, in increase till, till, till it matches, right? That's the supply and demand model. I have no problem with that model for things that are not essential or for things that there is truly natural shortages, okay? I want you to understand that. That supply and demand model works fine in, in that scenario. Here is where it fails, all right? If I have a broken leg, and it's a time of a lot of people having broken legs, right? And I say in healthcare, it's supply and demand. So therefore, if, you, if I have 100 people with broken legs, since everybody's going to pay whatever it costs to fix that leg, I'm going to pay it, which is what happens in American society today. We create a natural shortage of healthcare. Right? By creating a shortage of healthcare, we own you because healthcare is one of the things that you don't have the choice of, or else you die or you live a sick life. So, therefore, if we allow the supply demand model to work in healthcare or certain types of foods, we are saying, only those who decide to go into a profession that makes them an inordinate amount of money, only those who have a job, only those who are, we, we immediately start to say, only those, it, it actually breaks down into saying, only those with money have a right to live. Okay? So how do you mitigate that without destroying an economy? And look, I'm just giving a rough overview, right? Inflation, in effect, should not affect one's life. Let me explain. If we created a society, a bifurcated society, where things like healthcare and energy were not allowed into the supply-demand modal, then 
People wouldn't have to worry about, oh my God, if, 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 if inflation goes up, cause, if a supply demand inflation goes up because of a supply chain in bringing clothes in from China or bringing clothes in from Vietnam or chips in from XYZ, we decide if we want to buy that radio or that car or whatever, but not buying that doesn't affect our lives because we have healthcare, housing, energy, and basic food. Not all the expensive food, basic food. In that society, the capitalist structure has to work cleanly because people really then have the choice of saying, you price, if you price that too high, I don't want it. I can still eat. I can still drive. I can still get sick. And all is still within me living. The problem is what they've done in America in a capitalist system is they've thrown everything under the capitalist umbrella. So now your life depends on, your life depends on your ability to pay. And if you decide that you want to become a teacher, you want to move society, because our society just don't teach, does not teach, treat teachers with the care, with the love, with the power that they really are into our society. They will never have anything good. But that, that guy who trades stocks, who provides nothing for society, he does very well. And he gets to live a nice life. He educates no one. He feeds no one. All he does is make money off of money. He's a parasite. And all those billionaires, that's what they are. Parasites. I mean, you have to really break this down to understand that I am not an anti-capitalist where capitalism belongs. You want to build a calculator? You want to build a phone? You want to build something? You can go into the capitalist structure. As long as every single American has the ability to, to, to get where they need to go, Healthcare, basic food, housing. Everything is fine. It is simple. But we have a system that has no soul, that has no morals, that has no, no feelings, that has no humanity. And when you get there, folks, that's what the real issue is. Uh, Rouge Park says, I'll buy your t-shirt. You have a great view of the world. Thank you so kindly, my brother. Thank you so kindly. Uh, let's see what else we got here. So, Daniel Lado, I answered that question about the inflation. That inflation is only, uh, it is uh, whatever the market will bear type inflation. And since people have money in their pockets from stimulus and other things. And you know what? It's so funny. I, I forgot to put one other addition to that. It's funny that in order to fix the, this type of economy, an economy that's immoral. To fix that, you're going to raise interest rates. And the people that pay the most to calm the economy down and to bring inflation down are the ones who need the most, the ones who will then do without, the ones who more of their wealth will go to the wealthy. Because what does increasing interest rates mean? It means the bankers are going to make more money. That is more, and so when we are in a, when when we're deflating, they make more money. When we're inflating, they make more money. You have to not allow or not fail to see this system is inherently immoral. But anyway, I'll continue. Let's continue reading. Daniel Ledo say, "What the f do you suppose we unite around?" When I talk about unite Appalachia, the ghettos or whatever, and thank you for asking that, Daniel. I think that's a prescient question. You see, when you watch whatever or listen to the right or whatever, they're going to highlight the differences that we have, right? I don't agree with you on guns. I don't agree with you on, on, on certain issues, right? But I will wager, I will wager that if we enumerate, just like I did with that woman in Starbucks, if we enumerate items of what we want for our kids, what we want for our lives, what we want for our families. If we enumerate those things and encircle, you know, you create the Venn diagrams, right? We are going to find that all those people that think 
We are the enemy. Shoot those Democrats. Shoot those liberals. Shoot those democratic socialists, those progressives. When you start to realize, you're at, you, you, first of all, I always ask the, right, the folks on the right, what is it that you want to shoot me about again? What is it that you think I am doing to you that you want to kill me? And then when you start to itemize, you start to realize, oh my God, the things that you want are actually going to make my life better and I want to kill you for that. You know, but again, like I said, it's all about talking. It's all about engaging. It's all about engaging. Root Shark says, tank tops look great in the store. Very cool. I could probably put pull that off. Oh, you go for it. Go for it, Rouge. Go for it, Rouge Shark. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, I'm not going to go into conversations between different folks. Uh, my idea about teaching civics is still values of how to improve your community and participating in your government. That's what it's all about. It's all, a, it's, that's what it's all about. E2247 says, can you find the word cult inside the word culture? You know what? I had never looked at it that way, um, E2247. And it's true, though. Eric Hayes says, Bezos and others put Biden's understanding in place, and Bezos' paper even helped Biden for the election, right? Again, let me just qualify. There is nothing, there is nothing, there, look, I will get Rudnan, I will get Bridge MCP, I would get uh, Yvette Avery Herod, I, I would put their minds up against Bezos' mind. And I'm not saying this to be kind or anything, but I'm saying this based on the conversations that I've watched all over of Jeff Bezos, right? It is important for you to understand there is nothing special about Jeff Bezos other than him being very schooled in capitalism. And if you are schooled in whatever you're schooled in and you're good in whatever you're schooled in, you maximize on what you're good in. And he's very good at capitalism. Bill Gates is very good at capitalism. But as far as their raw intellect or anything like that, most of the people in my chat right now, and I'm not saying this to be kind. I swear to you, I'm not saying this to be kind. I know quite a few of you in the chat. There is nothing smarter about Jeff Bezos than you. I remember when, um, you know, everybody was glorifying Bill Gates, right? And I got some, and by the way, I... I taught myself how to code. I'm a software engineer, but I am a degreed mechanical engineer, meaning I had to do a lot of physics, kinematics, and all that kind of stuff, differential equations and all of that. Never used it in my professional life because I loved programming so well. So I developed all kinds of programs that did all kinds of magic. My stuff is in airplanes, on the space lab, all that kind of stuff, right? And I remember getting some code from BIOS, you know, the BIOS that IBM put on the PC and remember and, and, and looking at the BIOS for the 8088 and like, my God, this is terrible. No wonder it keeps crashing and all of that because there are a lot of errors that you could pick up. My, uh, IBM used to sell you the computer and you got a book that had the BIOS in it as a basic core that runs the computer. And I'll go into that and I'm like, oh man, this is terrible. And I taught myself how to program when I was at UT, you know, and we started patch panel typing and then assembly then. PLM and all these things, right? And then also, I got a piece of code from Bill Gates when he started, you know, used to, he was just a basic programmer, right? And, you know, it, it opened my eyes in a lot of ways into saying, my God, we are all just getting along and doing what we decide that we want to do. There was absolutely nothing special about Bill Gates programming. And if you remember in the times of Windows versus uh, versus uh, the, the iOS, iOS, it wasn't iOS then, but uh, it turns out that the better system was in fact the system put out by Jobs. And again, it wasn't created by Jobs either. It was Xerox paid for by the government, right? Then, then, so what? I, the whole issue I'm trying to get across to everybody is look in the mirror. I want all of you after the show, look in the mirror and assert your worth. Because we are taught to believe that the capitalist success of these people somehow determines their worth or their intellect. And that couldn't be further from the truth. 
I speak to people every day. I've even spoken to a few people that are on the streets that you'd not imagine. Norman says, the enemy a sociopath is standing because, as you say, good people don't have the energy to change the channel. It is a decision to be dope or be coerced because it fits into one's worldview of the caricatures. Well, in the case of what they do to the right, they make these people believe that they are losing a birthright they never had or were never entitled to. And if you're losing your birthright, if you're losing something that's supposed to be yours, if somebody's stealing it from you, the natural carnal reaction is to react and stop it from happening. And that's what's happening on the right. But they don't know that. They don't know that. And that's the whole idea. All right, continuing. We got, uh, para ver, para ver. Eric Hayes says, 9.1, Biden blames and ridicule others. Again, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eric, I, some, I, I'm wondering sometimes about comprehension level, you know, whether you actually absorb or you just sort of like regurgitate things or whether you try to materially take something, digest and do it. In GOP and Trump were in part today with this inflation, Egberto would be hounding and blaming the GOP for that inflation. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I don't cop not to. And the reason I would is because inflation today is caused by their policies. Exactly. You are absolutely right, Mike Cisak. We are living through what was done before. That's what we're living through. So you're right, sir. You're absolutely right. Uh, Ruth says, a bleak outlet at best. I feel most people want to live and die in peace. I'll, I live near the 4th of July attack location. It was a hard holiday. I hear you, brother. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, let's see. 28 months left till change. I think you're going to be very disappointed, but that's fine. We'll see. AC Rodriguez, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Uh, he's replying to somebody else. Ruth says, Trump gets $10 million to Kanye West for what? His divorce law. <laughs> okay, I got to go through these real fast because it's 4 o'clock. Carl Cox's inflation is caused by corporation price gouging. That's absolutely true. Peggy Lopez says, hi all. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention said they found glyphosate, a cancer-causing ingredient. In Roundup was found in more than 80% of urine samples from kids and adults. Shame. Uh, yeah, the Nintendo and its products are overpriced trash. Rude, but if, if we're a bifurcated economy, you don't have to t- buy it, right? All right, let's see. No way. Read my joke. It was way better. Rude, what joke was it? What? Yeah, the Nintendo and its products are overpriced trash. Anyway, tell me about it tomorrow again and we'll talk about it. AC Rodriguez, that's the, talking to somebody else. I'm running out of time. Actually, I'm out of time. So Mike Cisek is in the house. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I think I saluted you already. All right. If you want to claim a particular statement is a lie, quote it and then show the fact. Actually, they can never show its lies because most of our peeps here don't. <coughs> Even our right ringers, it's not that they're lying. They're putting it in an information that they hope is true. Now it's lies. Anyhow, my name is, before I forget, please, folks, I ask you so kindly to go visit my GoFundMe page, politicsandright.com slash netroots, politicsandright.com slash netroots to support our uh, our trip to uh, Pittsburgh, PA for the Netroots Nation. All the information is at that link. Click on it if you want to learn about what Netroots Nation is, etc. And also, if you want to support the show, which we need quite a bit of, go to politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. I could not do this without you. I want to thank you guys so kindly for being here every day. Please remember to share, 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 share. We share all over the place. And that is how we are going to make change. The letters that I get in tells me we are getting the job done. However small, we are doing our part. You are doing our part. Thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. 
we are an independent media outlet that unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willies. Let us engage. It is politics done right. spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.